0: You staying home tonight? I hadn't planned. I don't know. Plan on it. All right, we're live. we're live. Hi, Kyle. Michael, how are you doing? Nice, uh, nice to yeah. see you. Why are we doing there. this? What is, it, what is, it, is this just the Christmas spirit just taking over us?
1: <laughs> a lot of it's Christmas spirit, but also, Edmund contacted me a while ago and asked me to be sort of the, uh, the hip media youth culture guy.
0: Yeah. You're like our resident music culture expert.
1: Yeah. I'm only 21 years old, but uh decade, think, the two decades weigh a ton. I think this is that. your
0: last year being young enough to be our culture expert.
1: Well, yeah. unless I don't graduate this spring, I'm a senior at Francis. Okay. University yeah. You could,
0: you could try to do that. You
2: can go to grad school.
0: Yeah. I'm so, a, out for another a big years. believer
1: <laughs> in grad school. It's called the Peter Pan strategy. I don't want to ever want to go.
0: Okay. You don't have to keep looking at the camera. You know, you can look at look at me and look into my eyes. And i Michael's going to have to get closer to the microphone. Oh, why don't you? The, why
2: don't you? I'm already that person. Yeah. Who has to get closer to the mm-hmm. microphone. So. You the, listen
0: to a lot of podcasts too much. Why don't you introduce yourself, Michael? <laughs> People um, will recognize Michael as the uh, the graphic design artist for uh, Ari Shafir's podcast, which I just realized recently, and yep. I totally fangirled about. <laughs> Did you know this Kyle already? I did. He Gosh, made my me. He
1: me, me. He's like, hey Kyle, look at me. I got more likes on Twitter than you ever had. And I'm like, shut up, Michael. I definitely don't care about that.
2: <laughs> it's not totally fair because I piggyback off of another comedian's fame, whereas yeah. Kyle gets his likes organically. So That's I understand true. that.
0: But yeah, tell everyone a little bit about you, Michael.
2: Um so I do graphic design, illustration, stuff like that. Um it's fun. I just kinda how mess do you, around with it. How do you know this guy? uh kyle's my brother-in-law so i married his sister um very contentious i'm not not sure how he feels about it but
0: <laughs> depends on the day we're getting depends through it <laughs> um you keep looking at the camera this is so different kyle it's you're so, so different this time my
1: first podcast it was easy it was yeah. just me and admin mm-hmm. no camera. Well,
0: no joe was here too i think
1: well joe was kind of sitting off in the corner he didn't yeah. talk Christine, That's don't true. talk. You're in the background. <laughs> Now, that was good. I liked it. That was easy.
0: So, this so the big leagues, I think what makes sonic or our commonalities, we all went to Franciscan. Yep. So that, gives up, us, that definitely gives us a unique take on Fire the world. Yeah, that definitely like, like it definitely means we're all of us at this table are going to heaven.
1: That is actually mm-hmm. guaranteed. And that we're also all better than have we all taken
2: classes. Or? I have not i i have, have you oh just me never mind oh, i wow. have no i have <laughs> oh you have too so
1: we're kind of on that priority list like we're all getting on the flight but some of us <laughs> are, are getting on first.
0: yeah some of us get yeah okay so the reason we've called this meeting is there's some very um very exciting and just interesting news and trends in the world of kanye uh twitter also known as ye yay yay who's
1: counting <laughs> me i'm counting kids yeah yeah Yeah, you want to
0: talk oh show show everyone your sweater you're wearing well i'm wearing a sweater it says bipolar express
1: bipolar express and i felt kind of bad about it but then i remember that kanye proclaimed that his bipolar disease was quote not a disability it's a superpower and he's a superhero so
0: yeah
2: i think there's definitely that aspect of like the tortured genius where Mm -hmm. You can only be so good at something without being crazy, and I think this is definitely a modern-day manifestation of that. Name one
1: genius that ain't crazy, close quote, Kanye West.
0: Wow. (laughs) So what are you excited about right now? What's going on in the world?
2: Well, I'm excited
1: about the fact that Kanye is finally getting back in some beef. With Drake, and yeah. I don't really like Drake because I think of Drake as a lot like McDonald's. Mm. Basic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh <laughs> well, the haters, unbeknownst, McDonald's is basic. I don't like myself because I like McDonald's. Yeah. I recognize it as a character.
0: Oh, we never talked about the whole Scott Miller thing either. Scott Miller? Or, no, 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 sorry. Mac Miller. Mac Miller, sorry. Um, Scott Miller is, or Scott Immel is someone I work with, and I just combine both of those in my head. Um, we
1: can we talk about Mac Miller for a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, because like, this is kind of similar, too, because you were saying, like, I mean, you kind of wanted to talk about the whole mental health stuff going well, on, too.
1: Mac Miller and Kanye are both guys who have a show with a lot of mental health issues, and mm-hmm. I'm personally a big fan of both. And uh, Mac Miller recently passed away a couple months ago from a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. Now it we is We were
0: going to do a whole episode on it.
1: It's important to note that the drug overdose was not off of a lethal dosage. Rather, it was off of a bad bat batch of drugs that was laced with fentanyl mm. so granted was he doing illegal drugs yes absolutely yes yes but was it an amount that is dangerous well in a sense yes but if it was that since that was a
0: dangerous amount it proved to be a dangerous amount for well, him absolutely but of just just something that maybe he wasn't but if it to take. W-
1: if it had been an honest batch of whatever drug he was doing i'm not entirely familiar with illegal drugs But also
2: like how that. dangerous is it if mac miller is getting tainted stuff mm, like i yeah. feel like he i mean if you're an artist you probably are getting the best stuff usually so
1: apparently yeah. not but uh, it brings up a lot of interesting questions because i remember i heard mac miller had passed away and
2: obviously my
1: gut reaction was wow like i'm really sad i liked mac miller, this guy i've listened to for a long time a yeah. guy whose musical style has evolved as my tastes have and the guy that i really really liked but how sad can i be over a guy who died because of and overdose. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of using drugs.
0: Thought. Yeah.
1: So my knee jerk was I'm sad and I thought, well, should I really be sad? But also I can't relate to that. I've never been a celebrity who was offered drugs every day and every night. You know, yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure all guy. of us in the room have never been a celebrity that's been offered well, drugs. Well, you know, give Edmund, I mean, give Edmund a drugs, year. I've offered drugs, but I haven't been a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So you're saying it's kind of hard to... Well,
1: I think people unnecessarily judge these guys and you haven't really been in their shoes. Uh I think it's kind of hypocritical to say, oh, well, I've never done drugs. Well, granted, I've never had hard drugs offered to me. Look at the color of my skin. Look at the fact that the glasses I'm wearing. I don't look like a kid who's really been around the block and that's because I haven't. So I really think it's important for us not to try to judge people who have different experiences than us regarding all these temptations that we Uh just have not faced.
0: So what's all the stuff going on that we were talking about, Kanye?
1: So the Kanye
0: and Drake stuff recently. Well, two
1: days ago, Kanye tweets a screenshot saying, this crap faker than wrestling. And it's a text saying, Drake sent in a clearance request for, quote, say what's real. Do you want to clear? What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Say what's real is a Drake song off of his mixtape from about 10 years ago, a little less than 10 years ago called so far gone. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's essentially a cover of a Kanye West song called say what's real. Now it's the same exact beat, but it's obviously it's different lyrics. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times rappers when they're first kind of starting out, will just kind of do these mixtapes where they take other people's beats and they sort of cover them to an extent. Mm -hmm. Now, and when they do these mixtapes, they cannot sell them. They can only release them on SoundCloud or DatPiff or online. Cool. So they'll make these mixtapes. they are kind of gain popularity. Then They'll make original stuff. Awesome. Now, when rappers get really, really big, they'll kind of go back to their original mixtapes, such as Drake's So Far Gone that made him popular. And they'll pay out the nose for these samples in order to release them publicly hmm. just for their fans. You know, yeah. If you're a really big Drake fan, you've heard this before. You'd like to have it on Spotify, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. a place where it's not right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Drake sends Drake's manager goes to Kanye's manager and sends in a request for this Kanye beat. Mm-hmm. Now, Kanye is upset by this because he and Drake are not exactly on the world's best terms at this moment. Yeah. So Kanye gets this and he's really upset. He's like, Drake, you know, you and I have this beef right now. And that's fine. Beef's one thing. But if you've got beef with a guy, you're not exactly going to go out of the way and ask him, oh, let, can I do you a favor right now?
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone knows about Drake's beef with Pusha T this summer. Are we all familiar with this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For those who aren't familiar, AKA, I guess that's what you're supposed to do on a podcast. (laughs) Drake and Pusha T. Drake. It's these allegations
0: of ghostwriters,
1: and everyone kind of makes up. Oh, yeah, calling. that's right,
0: for, for ghostwriting, some of the lyrics. To... I mean,
2: that was back since he had beef with Meek Mill. People were calling him out for ghostwriting and stuff like that. Correct.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: Pusher just kind of dropped these ambiguous kind of shots at Drake on a song called Ifra- Infrared. Now, Drake responded with a song called Duppy Freestyle with a straight-up diss track, making fun of Push and going hard at him. And the problem is that Drake's kind of a Nickelodeon rapper. I call him a Nickelodeon rapper because he got to start on the grassy. Mm. push a tease a guy who's still wearing cornrows it's 2018 mm. any guy who's still wearing cornrows you don't want it with
0: that you're gonna man. get some hate mail from cornrow my cornrow wearing listeners
1: no i have infinite respect for those guys i'm saying i don't <laughs> not want it with that if, no 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 you interpret that as low respect it's the highest possible <laughs> respect but sure. not only respect but also
2: fear yeah fear wrestlers. yeah i didn't even notice that cornrows went out of style until you just hit it's 2018 and I was like, I actually mm. haven't seen cornrows in a long, time. long time. <laughs> Alan Iverson's been out of they're the rough. NBA for five years.
1: Yeah. Or so. yeah Anyways, Pusha T drops this diss track and he does a lot of things. It's called The Story of a Died on. He mentions how Drake had fathered a child and not told anyone about it. He somehow mm. got this information. He does all these with things with a
0: prostitute, right? Or no 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 porn, porn star, star. If you want yeah, to get yeah. into
1: the uh, technicalities, yeah, technical term. Now That's this was very controversial, and Drake's reputation took a pretty decent hit from this. And Pusha won this rap beef per se. Mm-hmm. Drake kind of said, "Well, I had another dish track that would have ended your career, but a uh, Jay Prince, a guy he signed, to, told me not to release it, which is really similar to you know when you're in middle school and you tell your friends, oh, 'Oh, I've got like a girlfriend at another school.' It's like <laughs> kind of similar to that." So this beef sort of ended, but Drake and Pusha T are very enemies. Kanye and Pusha T are good friends. They're on Mm -hmm. the same label. So Kanye and Drake are not on good terms. And Drake has the nerve to ask Kanye for the sample for this album that he's It's
0: kind of like asking for money though, right? Like it's basically like he's going to make money off of the streams and stuff like that of like a cover using beats from Kanye's
1: And he'll pay him obviously. But Kanye's at a point in his career where he doesn't need to accept money from people. He's got more money than he's ever going to spend.
2: And I feel like also Kanye is more of a producer than Drake is, if I'm correct here. Absolutely. As far as Kanye does a lot more of producing his own beats and rapping, whereas Drake is more just a rapper through and through and doesn't do yeah. as much on the other end of that. Yeah.
1: Now, it's important to note that recently Pusha T performed in Toronto. Mm -hmm. He performed in Toronto and fans jumped on stage and attacked him. Literally, Toronto being the hometown of Drake. Mm. That's what I love about rap that you never see indie artists having their fans fight. You Mm -hmm. just don't see that. You only Mm -hmm. see that. And these fans jump on stage and attack Pusha T. Now they're restrained, Pusha T comes back out and plays about a minute of a song making fun of Drake before they're like alright we gotta end this concert we're gonna mm. have
0: a ride didn't someone get injured really badly yes the first someone jumped
1: off is still in the hospital mm. apparently in critical condition so the Kanye, first person
0: that did what they that jumped. jumped
1: on the stage attacking Pusha well it's because you know if you jump on a stage and attack a gigantic rapper security's gonna come at you that's yeah. why you sort of stay in your seat it's yeah.
2: also why you have security Yeah, right.
0: so what are they gonna do
1: so Kanye so they just
0: wrecked this kid yeah. Apparently mm.
1: Kanye kind of goes on this rant and he's also upset cuz Drake apparently texts him. He'll text him these like the devil the purple devil emoji which doesn't really seem that harmful but apparently just trips Mr. It just West triggers for some
0: reason. triggers Kanye for He some tweets reason. about
1: it pretty yeah. frequently. I don't know why but if it offends him I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is really upset by this right? And he tweets all these things about you know Drake's so fake or whatever. Then Drake winds up calling him and he, t- and he tweets Drake finally called. Next tweet. Mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. And you see this and you think, okay, he's probably going to let out have the sample. Next tweet. By the way, not clear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So kind of he tweets all these things about Drake.
0: Is Drake tweeting all of the, like, tweeting at, tweeting at the same time? Drake right?
1: has had one response, which is an Instagram story of the black screen with the laughing emoji. <laughs> which is very similar to what you'll see from your average ninth grade girl kind of going through some beef where mm-hmm. you just do the black screen and the response. <laughs> I
2: also get the vibe that Drake has someone else running his social media. Whereas mm. clearly Kanye has nobody no barring him from Twitter. No. So oh, no not.
0: one barring him from literally using Twitter as like text messaging right. and just releasing a, a barrage of like text. I feel
2: like Drake has a team running his social media because whenever he releases a track at all, there's always some type mm. of clue on Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kanye just seems to be shooting from the hip. <laughs> yeah. He's just, just like up
0: late tweeting. Right, By golly yeah
2: I like I think it. that's why him and Trump are friends, honestly.:
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Trump typically will tweet rants early in the morning, and Kanye gets it done at night. So if you follow those two accounts, your timeline's filled up.
0: <laughs> so I first came across all of this because um, Kanye was making some comments on Twitter about um, like being bipolar and, and having a hard time finding interviews where they were going to talk to him about it at mm-hmm. length. And then Joe Rogan, who runs a podcast, I really appreciate and watch a lot. Posted that or posted a snapshot of him tweeting saying, like, Kanye, you can come on the show and talk for as long as you want.
2: And I was like, man, that would be
0: fascinating. It'd be so fascinating to have Joe try to, like,
2: I feel like he Kanye. has he's kicked up his quality of guest recently. Like yeah. he had Deontay Weiler on. Mm-hmm. He had Tyson Fury. So I yeah. feel like Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk, that Elon Musk broke the internet. The scale, oh my gosh. For
0: sure. That was fantastic. That was such a crazy, crazy so, thing. I feel like the in the last stock, couple months. Uh, apparently, like, the stock of Tesla plummeted right. for a little bit there when he,
2: <laughs> when he smoked that joint. Well, it was and so was funny. everybody was like, he didn't even inhale it. He yeah. smoked it like some and it's kid legal in that to be cool. and, he,
0: <laughs> and Yeah, and it's legal in that state. So, it's like, it's just so weird. Like, he right. lives such a strange... He, he He's almost made a business of just being this genius unicorn Mm -hmm. like it's almost like just because he's perceived as a genius billionaire like a unicorn company in it like his brand that people just are investing tons and tons of money into him
2: well and also the thing that struck me most about that interview was watching it Mm -hmm. and feeling like and like this could totally be part of just kind of his thing on the podcast but it seemed like he doesn't really think any of his stuff too far ahead mm, like yeah. he just kind of does it to yeah. have fun like when he was talking about the not a flame through our project <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all that stuff yeah. it's like we just wanted to have fun like he yeah. wanted to make teslas fun he wanted to do yeah. all of that yeah he seemed and like people a really, connect with that yeah he know? seemed like
0: a normal guy mm-hmm. yeah that was it was really it was a fascinating conversation i'm also always just super interested with all the like ai futuristic like that's apocalypse first, type yeah, stuff so yeah much. i can't stop listening to that kind of stuff like right. when he was i mean because elon believes that we're in a simulation already basically oh, art right. simulation yeah. yeah so anyways that was just so anyways that's that's what i kind of saw was right the whole bipolar thing and which comes from i mean kanye released an album basically with yeah. a lot of that bipolar. Yeah, he had film. a lot of
1: themes on that and drake famously a couple of years ago released a song called two birds One Stone." where he had lyrics that were highly critical of Kid Cudi, another guy Kanye's very good friends with. Mm. It's important to note that like, I actually pulled up the lyrics while they were talking about Elon Musk so Mm. I could read him. He says, you were the man on the moon. Cudi released a couple albums called Man on the Moon, Mm. one and two. Now you just go through your phases. Life of the angry and famous. Rap like I know I'm the greatest. They gave you the tropical flavors. Still never been on hiatus. You stay zanned and perked up. So when reality set in, you don't got to phase it. Basically, he's kind of going on this little rant about how Cudi, you know, was this man guy, but now he just goes to his phases. He depressed. to press. Now, you know, he just gets on these medications so he doesn't have to face reality, which is a very mm-hmm. baby boomer-esque mentality towards mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to know the context of Kit Cuddy was literally in rehab at the time of hearing this. I'm like, imagine going to rehab for depression and anxiety and hearing people going out of their way to just like in front of millions, rap about like how bashing. you just go this yeah. That's absolutely absurd, and that's something Mr. West took really seriously, and went really angry about. Kanye recently did release an album. And he ends up on called Ye, where he talked heavily about his mental illness, and he talked about all these crazy things he did, and how it's a it's a pretty cool album because the first three songs go really heavily into it, and it kind of hits the turning point with the song "Wouldn't Leave." It's the fourth song now where he talks about how I went crazy. I talked about how you know. Donald Trump's, you know, this and that, and how I want to be this. And I just got, you know, slammed in the media. Mm-hmm. But my wife wouldn't leave. Mm. Kim Kardashian, traditionally very liberal voice in the media, someone who was a very heavily supportive of Barack Obama, both in this elections, but also in the midterms, if you really look back. Yeah. Uh, she wouldn't leave him, even though Kanye was just getting buried mm-hmm. in the media eventually ending with the song, Violent Crimes, talking about how he finally feels like he's his own personality as daughters and this and that, yeah. and how he finally feels free. But it's really interesting to see how Drake just buries this Cuddy, Kid Cuddy character and just people didn't really seem to care. Mm. Like, why is that really acceptable for a guy like Drake? You know, you would think in 2018 where we're so quick to denounce that people are canceled and no mm. more that that would have been a bigger story. But really, it really wasn't.
0: Well, there's this thing that Connie kept saying in some of the tweets that like he won't do diss tracks or he won't do those kind of beefs and stuff, which I mean, you could argue that just having a beef on Twitter and stuff like that, it could be a PR stunt or anything. It's like the new version of diss tracks. You just take it to Twitter. But, but I did think it was interesting uh, thinking about the idea that uh, like like when you think of a lot of like the classic rap, like battles and disses and, and those types of things going on it's interesting to imagine a world where you have more like chance, the rapper Mm -hmm. talking about Christianity and like this idea that it's, it's not about, you know, diss tracks. It's not about these, it's not about like, like gang rivalries almost like it's not, it's not as, there's not as much rivalry in it. It's more just like just making music.
2: I think the core of it is honestly really the same that, I mean, back in the days of, strata compton stuff like that yeah back in the day is they were releasing diss tracks and they meant it mm-hmm. you yeah. know and there's yeah, something yeah. that's still very appealing to people because it's very visceral and people connect to it because yeah. it's it's very real yeah and so back in the day they're releasing diss tracks and that was legitimately fighting words mm-hmm. east coast west
0: coast
2: yeah etc so i think they're still trying to like kind of replicate the core of that mm-hmm. and i think most recently the biggest kind of like rap beef was MGK and Eminem. Mm. Um, and it was, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like the, the white rappers rap beef more or less, <laughs> but I mean, people talked about it quite a bit. Yeah, so like yeah, the yeah. same idea is basically like, yeah, if you both can dislike each other publicly and people like what you're making, then, mm. you know, it's, it kind of boosts both of you for the most part.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it is important to note that Kanye is not a rapper who's ever had this incredible flow. Ability to rap fast or rap hard. Mm-hmm. He's taken this stance of, like, oh, I'm all love and I'm all posit- positivity. I would never do a diss track. But he's never been a guy like Eminem or like Kendrick who can just kind of come in on a verse like you would expect mm-hmm. on a diss track. That's never really been his strength just as a musical artist. So while he is supposedly taking this high road, it may just be because he knows he mm. would lose in mm. this.
2: But on some level, like Life of Pablo, he still had lyrics about Taylor Swift. Mm. So I feel like he doesn't do rap beef, but he's still taking shots at other artists. Oh, mm. he
1: loves beef, but he's never going to release a dish track, right. which I think is possibly a tad hypocritical because he's very willing to come at and give you know beef. With that said, regarding specifically the Taylor Swift line, if you really go back in time, you can see videos of his phone call with Taylor Swift where she gives his permission for specific lines. Now mm. while the videos are over Snapchat, so it's kinda cutting out, he doesn't give permission for specific lines, including specific words he called Swift that were very disrespectful.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kinda up in the air whether or whether or not You really got full permission for that. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to ask is that that's a little different from like a surprise Right. in the sense that Taylor knew that this was happening in a certain sense.
0: Does drama like this add something to the music when you're listening to it? Or is it more like, like would you rather there not be this type of stuff? Like how much, how much do you think all of this stuff that's crafted or that happens outside of the music either adds to or takes away from from, yeah, from the music.
1: Oh, it totally adds to me. Mm-hmm. I believe that rap music is kind of our generation's iconic contribution in mm-hmm. the sense that these guys are truly larger than life. Kanye mm-hmm. says rap's the new rock and roll yeah. and we're the new artists. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that because I look at, you know, modern rock. How many modern rock artists can we name? really yeah. at this table yeah. like, i don't see cage the elephant rocking around mm-hmm. getting into trouble The it's way it's not Seb like the mainstream
0: do. music right now it's right.
1: not and i think that mainstream music and these guys that are larger than life adds something to the spectacle and the show that is like our culture that we're getting because i think when i'm listening to kanye or to drake or to Pusha T, i'm really experiencing not only our culture but like humanity in a sense that i'm just not when i'm listening to like Death Cat for Cutie. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love Death Cat for Cutie. I love Weezer. I love Arcade Fire. All three of those bands were on my mm-hmm. top five on my Spotify most played. That's Ooh. a fact. Ooh. But the thing is, those guys don't kind of reflect the culture mm-hmm. in a way that Kanye West mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting.
0: Do you think he's reflecting the culture or do you think he's just making the culture? Like, yeah. in some ways, I would
1: go with more of the making the culture in a sense. Yeah. Because he claims if you look back to his song Gorgeous off his album, maybe if we talk twisted fancy, talks about how, you know, rap these inner century anthems based off inner century tantrums, based off the way we was branded, he talks about how He doesn't want to be those anthems based off the tantrums. He wants to be a leader and wants to be a reflector. I think he's doing, I think he's very misguided in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but I think he is ultimately trying to do what he thinks is best as wrong as that may be a lot of the time.
2: And I think even when he released lift yourself, that was a big deal because on face value, the song was kind of terrible because Mm -hmm. the lyrics were totally awful. I mean, whoop-de-dee-scoop, et cetera. Mm. But the point is, he's so big at this point that he released a song like that and everybody was talking about it. Mm. If somebody with you know, less than 500 followers on Spotify releases that song,
0: no one cares. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's talk about Lift Yourself for a second. For those who don't know, the song is this Kanye kind of song. It's off this crazy good beat where he just raps nonsense. And it was a smash hit. Now, why, was, why did he make this? Well, for those who aren't aware, Kanye made this really cool beat. And he kind of was sitting on this beat for a while. Then Drake comes out to Wyoming and Drake actually looks at this beat and Drake says, Kanye, I would love this beat. I would be great on this beat. I really think it'd be a hit. And Kanye, for whatever reason, doesn't want Drake on this beat. He says, I don't really like this. I want to be this or that. Cool. So Drake's very frustrated by this because he hears this really cool beat and he really wants it. But Kanye just doesn't follow his vision for that. Well, Drake sort of at some point in ways, he might try to make a similar beat with his own guys and like, oh, we'll do it anyways. So Kanye is like, you know what? What I'm gonna do? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna record on this beat, just spewing nonsense. Whoopity scoop, whoopity scoop, poop poop, whoopity, just nonsense on it. and I'm still gonna make a hit because I'm so good and I'm so great, and you can't have it, Drake. Mm. Which I thought was really an interesting kind of response to that.
0: Mm. Were you going to say something, Michael? <laughs> I thought you were going
2: to. Well, I was just going to say, it's like that's kind of like his trump card at this point because I think Drake is definitely comparable in his reach and the amount of fans that he has. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it's that ability to organically create those types of beats that people connect with mm-hmm. that he still doesn't quite have because he's still asking Kanye for mm-hmm. them. So, I mean, Kanye is always going to have that.
0: How would you compare <clears> two <throat> artists like Drake and Kanye's success in? 2018 like how like do you do by album sales do you do by like i mean there's so many different medium or places channels where the music is getting distributed <clears throat> that it's really weird to try to like yeah.
1: Well, it's tough because if you look at any sort of sales metric, Drake is going to blow not only Kanye but really any other modern artist
0: out of the water. Yeah, didn't water. he break some records for like the most album sales or something? He or? broke all sorts of records. I think yeah.
2: Drake is definitely more prolific. Like, I feel like he's always putting out something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at his albums and the frequency that he's put out albums, it's pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, so he he blows Kanye's album sales right out, oh, out of the just, water, and partially because. He has way more, uh, way more albums, right? Like, doesn't he have way more? And at least since Drake's
1: really come on the scene, he's producing albums at kind of a faster clip. Also, Man, when was
0: thirteen last... singles? Yeah, five studio albums. When was the last time got Kanye... more studio albums than that?
1: But uh, when was the last time Kanye toured? Kanye last toured on the Saint Pablo tour, which was my sophomore year of college. So I guess that was. 2016 is when I saw him. He canceled okay. the tour early due to mental health breakdown. But it's important to know. It's interesting because Drake sells way more. But if you talk to people who are into music and love music, anyone who's really into the music scene, typically not a big Drake fan. And so mm. I think that is interesting. Right. Do you
0: think he, Drake is much more like, uh, like Drake to me as an outside non- qualified person to talk about this at all drake drake seems much more like pop mainstream absolutely and kanye seems to not really care as much about um making a best-selling well i think also
2: kanye i think started the whole um using the voice as an instrument oh yeah i remember watching that Video, that, about that. yeah, that whole thing where basically you take the voice and you <clears throat> isolate it yeah. as a certain chord that was super part cool. of a song, yeah, and you turn it into a beat. Mm-hmm. It's so popular now, and that's really where it started was with Kanye. And so, that's something that I think yeah. is really something that turned the industry around because everybody was like, Oh, this is crazy.
1: It's important to note that Drake even credited when he was coming. If you look at Drake's albums pre 808s and Heartbreak and post 808s and Heartbreak, there's a seismic change. Even in Kanye tweets when he says, I made you, there's no Drake without Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye is way more influential than Drake could ever be. Look at rap pre and post the college dropout. Pre-college dropout, we had a lot of situations like 50 Cent and we had a lot of gangs to rap. Mm-hmm. Kanye was one of the first real modern rappers that thought, you know, maybe we can talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. And kind of helped usher in the sort of sad boy era of rap that we currently live in with your Lil Zans, your Juice worlds, your acts like this. All of these guys, all they do is talk about their emotions in a way that you throw it back to 2000, we didn't really have mm. in rap. <clears throat> if you look at who has Drake influenced, not just not nearly the same amount mm. or the I can't think of any person I think, oh man, Drake really influenced that. Not mm. at all.
2: And what do you think about like those modern rappers, like Lil Xan, XXX, uh, Takashi, 69? I feel like those rappers, I didn't know them until they showed up in my Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, personally didn't really like them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why they were so popular. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have an input on like, how did they get so big? Is there like a a market for that? Or do you think they're like propped up on some level?
1: Well, I think it's important to know is they have to look at the time we live in. For whatever reason, this is a something that's super hugely debated. Kids nowadays are depressed and sad at a rate that we've never seen before. Mm. And these guys, if you look at their music, it's not positive. It's not cheerful. XXX is one of his top three songs. literally just all caps, sad, exclamation mark. Mm. I think you talk about how Kanye, we mentioned earlier, how he tries to steal the culture. These guys are really reflections of the current culture. Yeah. And they're all young kids
0: to their age. They're all super young. We well, you said sad boy rap. Is that like an actual term?
1: Well, the sad boy movement was really brought in by a rapper called Young Lean Wyatt. I am personally a big fan of Young Lee. I'm not uh-huh. going to deny that. Now he's, you know, from Europe and all this. And it's just sort of this idea of just, you know, we're sad, we're upset, we don't know why, we're depressed, and we want to express our feelings. Uh-huh. And if you look at these guys, it's all awful, you know. It's all awfully depressing. You know, Juice World. all he does is talk about how, you know, all these girls, he hates them, they're the worst, they've brooked his heart, he doesn't trust anyone. And it's really, it's an awful message. And I think it's a lot about our culture nowadays that this message resonates so much Hmm. with the youth and culture. I think that's really interesting.
0: Why do you think that is? Like, why, like what else about sad rap or sad boy rap, like made that so popular? Or like, like how did, how does that trend come in and just become so pervasive in... Well, why are all the kids depressed? That's a
1: question. I'm not sure if I'm qualified to answer. But if yeah. I were to took, take a shot in the dark, here I am on a Friday night doing a podcast. I'd say a huge part of it is social media. Mm. If you look at social media nowadays, it kind of causes the cream to kind of rise to the top in a way that we didn't have previously. Because mm-hmm. back, you know, if you look at social media, you can always tell what not just the kid down the street, but the kid across town and the kid from the other side of the county are doing fact that you didn't know what anyone else was doing. And I think that made people more content with themselves. Mm-hmm. When you look at this and these trending topics and these retweets and this this and this NAS and, and this clout, mm-hmm. this weird extent, you get to see what the best of the best are doing. That's kind of placed in front of you mm-hmm. in a way that makes people feel jealous. And it's also point out that people feel jealous, but it's also it's very fake too. Mm-hmm. So you start putting on this sort of mask for the social media because people get jealous and they decide to be fake. And that fakeness kind of builds on to other fakeness, and this, this, and this, that, and this desire to be something people aren't kind of leads to this natural depression. Mm-hmm. And but, this but we
0: kind of had that though, like, like grunge and like, like Kurt Cobain and some of that, like mm-hmm. we have had trends of sad, sad stuff, you know, like trends of like, um, you know, the world sucks and my parents were poor or I didn't know my parents and I, I, grew up in this crappy situation like we've had that a lot
2: well so one of my favorite quotes i forget who it's by um but it is uh comparison is the thief of joy Mm. and i feel like that's very true and also social media i feel like is nothing but constant comparison yeah yeah um, whatever you're interested in, you can find someone who's better mm. at it than you are. Yeah, yeah. And even like for me professionally, it's very difficult to even be present on Instagram because mm. there's so many people there's on Instagram so much. who are so talented and they're yeah. so crazy and they've mm-hmm. been doing it for so long. Yeah. And they just put all this stuff out and you're just like, why do I even try at this yeah. point? Yeah. <laughs> Have
0: you heard of um Dunbar's number? No. You guys heard no. of this? So Dunbar's number is like this theory that like uh I think it has to do with or it comes from chimpanzees or something like that are our closest ape relatives. They all, their, their tribes will only reach a certain number before they, like another tribe will be formed. And the number is, I think it's around like 150 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look it up. But this theory is that we as humans can only have, I think like 150, um, like meaningful, significant. Oh, did it stop recording? I think it's uh that we can only have so many um friends. Yeah, like meaningful significant relationships. Like right. we can only keep up with like about 150 mm. um relationships where we know something more about that person than just like their name. We just like know, uh so here we go. This is Dunbar's number supposed cognitive limit um which what is the actual number though? Oh yeah, to lie between 100 and 250. Wow. And the idea is that, or what I found interesting to think about that in social media is that it used to be that, you know, a lot of the people that you knew were just people near you or close to you that you were the most in contact with. So you might not know a lot of graphic designers. Right. But then suddenly you're in this world where you can know all graphic designers basically who are on Instagram. You can know all people who share different common traits with you. And I wonder if that's extremely taxing. Right. You know, to try to keep all these relationships with all these people, even if you don't have a actual relationship with someone, you might know, you know, it Draplin takes up or, brain space. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. And you're kind of, you're kind of comparing yourself. Your Dunbar number is kind of comparing yourself with all the best of the best. And I
2: think also, I mean, with podcasting, it's also different. Like I said, like, so I do a lot of work for like comedians and stuff. Cause I, I started, I never was a podcast person in school and then I graduated and you start working in nine to five mm-hmm. and you're like, Music only gonna get me so far. Mm-hmm. And so then you start listening to podcasts because so it keeps you entertained. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And with podcasts, it's weird because if you find a podcast you like, over time you accumulate a lot of knowledge about that person's mm-hmm. podcast yeah. because it's very personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably know more about certain comedians who do podcasts than I know about someone that I met at church last Yes, day. yes. And yeah. they're a real person that I can go talk to. Yeah. But this person who is on the internet on a weekly basis, yeah, I have all of this information stored up. Yeah. They're probably taking up one of those numbers. Oh yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Like to think that our communities now with the internet are not physical, like people you're in touch with often. And a lot of times, like what you're saying, their relationships with people who they don't even know you exist, right. <laughs> but you're Absolutely. constantly every day, like pulling up these different people, you know, on the internet.
1: I'll be honest. I don't really like podcasts. And that weird one-way relationship is the reason why. And I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to feel weird. Mm. But it's kind of odd to me to think that here I am talking into this microphone and somewhere out there tomorrow, the next day or a few weeks later, someone's going to listen to my thoughts mm. and like mm. kind of experience me in a weird way because I don't get to experience mm. them. Right. Yeah, I think that's just such an
0: odd but it's very similar to music right like Mm. i mean you go into a room with a bunch of mics you record some stuff and then someone listens to it Sometimes, i mean some of these people like if you think of uh, you know some of the classic rock songs that have just been Mm. like blasted again and again and again like these guys just walked into a room and sometimes recorded just in the first take and not realizing that this song was going to be played billions of times for the next like 50 years yeah I mean, it's a like, very strange thing.
2: The Beatles and Elvis are probably the first, the earliest I can remember where like you had fans crying mm, at mm-hmm. their concerts and yeah. stuff. And like, they didn't know who they were, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. their music impacted them to such a level that they were so emotionally yeah. invested. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it's nuts.
1: That, that, that That's a good point. No, that is a good point. But I think on some level it just feels unnatural to me because mm-hmm. I don't really have many fan, many like personal friends who like, play music but i have a lot of friends who like to talk to each other mm. that's a good analogy since i never really thought about well i do have a couple of friends who play music how do they impact people versus how do i impact
0: Wait, what me? do you mean like like friends that play music what or? i
1: mean when i say that is that like i mentioned i think it's kind of weird for me to talk and other people to hear me and for them to experience me mm-hmm. you said well people play music all the time you definitely mm-hmm. listen to music even though yeah. you don't listen to podcasts yeah. kyle's like that's really weird never really thought about the difference between talking versus music. Yeah. And whereas I don't really have any close musician friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have one friend who's going to make it someday. Shout out to Paul Swo. But <laughs> the kid hasn't really made it yet. Yeah. And so the sense that I've never really pondered that relationship of his music versus his fans mm-hmm. just because I don't have any podcast friends. So I never really thought about how that's really very similar. And I'm a guy who says, oh, I don't want to listen to podcasts because I don't want anyone else to like, Influenced me. I listen to a heck of a lot, ton of music. Mm, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, Something yeah. that makes me, you know, consider, man, maybe it's man, hard. It's hard podcast. to not
0: listen to someone's thoughts for hours and hours at a time for most of your life, and not like you have to at least admit that there's some level of impact. Whether yeah. it's, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like. Um, as like cut and dry is like, if you listen to someone who has a negative influence, you just become negative Negative, somehow, but it is, I mean, it shapes your worldview. They did these studies too, where, um, uh, with people's brains, where if, um, if they're hearing someone tell a story, they would have both people have their brains on some like MRI or something, but all the electrical signals going on and the person telling the story, um, as they're remembering it, there would be like certain parts of their brain that would fire. And the person listening, the same parts of the brain would fire. So if you're talking about smelling cookies and all this stuff, like the same parts of the brain with the memory for smelling cookies and all these other things would light up. Right. And so there's this idea that when we hear stories or we hear someone else's um, experience, our brain is trying to take that information and use it as it's, as if it's our own. And later when the, um, when someone would re retell a story that they heard someone else tell it, the brain scans are almost identical to as if they had actually experienced mm-hmm. it. So it's really interesting how, if you think about, um, other people's experience or like their view of the world, literally your brain's just taking it and trying to make it more data as if you experienced it, as if you went through it. Right. Whereas if you just read a philosophical statement or something like that, it's a lot harder to, it's not as powerful because it's it's not the story mechanism it's that's bringing up all of these smells and these experiences it's just like it's it's a it's a logical statement i
2: think also the difference between reading and listening is that i mean this happens all the time with texting is like someone will text something and they don't type it a certain way and you mm. take it the wrong way and now you yeah. think they're upset et cetera. but with listening you get tone yeah. and so you can hear someone's i think earnestness yeah. when they're talking about yeah. something yeah yeah and the more that you think that they're trying their best to communicate mm-hmm. and they believe what they're saying. Yeah. I feel like the more like you'll extend them kind of that slack yep. where mm-hmm. like, even if you don't agree with them, mm-hmm. you'll kind of see their point for a second because you feel like they're really trying. Yeah. Whereas if they just wrote it down, you can look at it on paper and say, I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I love talking. So, I mean, <laughs> it's really weird to be in a situation where you can't talk back. You can't respond and you just have to listen to someone talk for three hours. You know, yeah. like it's a very strange, this is why this is why advertisers love um podcast ads because it's like not only is it native to the content because it's literally just the same person just saying something different but also it sounds like personal it's like personal recommendation you're having this person li- literally say with their voice into your ear that this product is helpful or that you should buy this product so yeah. it's a really strange i've talked i talk about this all the time yeah. but i'm really i'm really on the whole bandwagon about this idea that long form podcast conversations are are like this new movement of information and news and technology, because it is so different than Fox news, CNN, like two minute conversations about ideas to listen to Joe Rogan, just have a three hour conversation about politics and, and the electoral college and all this other stuff. It's, it's, it's way more fascinating to me because there is room for nuance. And I think it's also, they put it into plain terms. And so
2: it's like taking something that you don't understand and let's break this down for the average person to understand. Yeah. And so it's like this access to new information that normally mm. you'd have to look up in a library. Yeah. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's in bite-sized form and mm. they're putting it in terms that you can understand and you start to learn. Yeah. And that's a very addicting feeling to feel like yeah. you've come out of mm-hmm. a YouTube video mm-hmm. more edified. Yeah. It's huge.
1: Oh, podcast sensation is crazy. I mean, how it's really taken off in the past couple of years. You know? mm-hmm. Podcasts, I feel like it has to be trending up Just from the sack, you know, how many personal friends that I have five years ago doing podcasts versus now? I mean, is it Mm because I've gotten older? Maybe, but not as much. I think it's a really interesting idea.
0: A lot of people are going to it, too, because it's one, it's easy to produce. And two, you don't necessarily need some type of like you won't have some type of corporation or production team coming to you and saying, hey, you need to do more of this or less. of Like, there's no real um what's the word there's no there's no like rating system or any type of regulation by anyone like if you have the internet you can just put up audio files and there's no you can do whatever you want Like you can make the audio files, whatever. And so there's no one to come in and regulate it. So there, you know, you're just like, I mean, Joe Rogan talks about that all the time. He's like, no one can tell me what to do. I can just do whatever I want, you know? And I just post it up online and people listen and millions and millions of people download and listen.
1: Like this is going to be on Spotify, man. Like my voice (laughs) is going to be on Spotify. I don't even like my voice. Spotify (laughs) is kind of a big deal.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's really weird. And, and the other thing about podcasting is you don't necessarily need a platform in order to distribute. So iTunes or Overcast or all these other podcast distribution platforms, they don't own the content in the same way. Like videos, you can't, I guess you could actually just put a video up on a website. So I guess YouTube isn't necessarily, but YouTube is just such a massive platform and there really isn't like the YouTube of podcasts, unless maybe you count Apple podcasts, but you can find people use all sorts of other It's more like web browsers, like Mm. podcast apps are more like web browsers. And I
2: think it's gotten to the point too where like radio stations are trying to transition to Mm -hmm. podcasts. Yeah, a lot of them. But it's also kind of too late. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like um, there's a big thing with – so Ari Shafir, that's my favorite podcast I listen to. Skeptic Tank. Skeptic Tank, yeah. He does this whole thing where basically he takes someone with a a specific viewpoint on the world and just interviews them about their experiences. So it's very interesting because you get a very specific – viewpoint each episode etc yeah. mm-hmm. but he had basically this whole kind of like twitter beef to get back to the premise but with howard stern where basically howard stern was totally basically dismissing him as like a ah, podcaster this mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. and he was like no podcasts are kind of the future and yeah. it's getting popularity and now yeah. we're at a point now where like xm radio is trying to like start podcasts and get yeah. people who want to have shows with them mm-hmm. and stuff like that because why would you listen to the radio when you can just have whatever show you want on demand exactly you exactly know? Yep.
0: Like, mm-hmm. exactly and you can start and stop it all Absolutely. that stuff yeah. so
1: podcasts are free i think it's interesting how these guys these talented comedians like you talked about as <laughs> who are paid to come out and perform they do it all for free as you know music and like comedy in general you typically have to pay money for and out toward that self-serving advertisement, because obviously any sort of talent will always find compensation. Mm-hmm. But instead of, you know, music where a guy will make, make a song and put it on the spot, he will pay money to access it. And sort of that independent business, which I think is just so interesting, is that, you know, Joe Rogan, a very famous man outside of like this big MMA guy, sits down once a week or however often this podcast oh, goes. Oh, it's like
0: four times a week. Four five, or five, times, times, times a week. For
1: just Hours mm-hmm. for no money up front, only for his advertising, which I'm sure is super. Oh yeah, lucrative. it's a lot. He'll podcast lot
2: of faster than you can listen to them. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's not uncommon. Most people that I know who listen to his podcast yeah. haven't listened to everyone. No, no, you because can't. he's cranking them out faster than you can. Yeah, listen and they're to all them. like
0: three hours long. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. I listened to like two today. Right. Probably listen to like five hours of Joe Reagan today. That's right. just so
2: interesting to
1: me. How like look at music in general. Like, who is the most prolific, like popular artist?
0: Like prolific. Musician, yeah, that's just producing a lot of
1: like popular and the mm, real. Mm. I, if I were Benny Man, I would say this band called Brock Hampton. It's a rapper. They've made maybe like four albums in the past fourteen months. Mm-hmm. Those four albums—that's about five hours total. Yeah. What is that? Forty-eight hours of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like it's absurd sir yeah. how much content is it's being interesting
0: produced. uh gary vanderchuk who's you know he's like big into like marketing and social media marketing mr and entrepreneur stuff. yeah he yeah. he um is really big about artists putting out more music he did this thing with someone where yeah. he for he like told this guy he's like for a year i want you to produce one song a day yeah for mm. an entire year and it it like exploded his fan he's base like Ty
2: lopez but less annoying <laughs> yeah I don't see any yeah. of his Ferraris. Yeah. That's a
1: podcast an entrepreneur joke yeah.
2: for those
0: watching. But it would, but it would be really interesting to see more artists just put out mm. anything and everything, and just like just display. All I it. think
2: one takeaway that I've gotten from Joe Rogan's podcast is that comedy is definitely a creative sphere, mm. and so like a lot of podcasts, like. I mean, Ari's for sure. Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Mm-hmm. They use their podcast as almost like a soundboard for their comedy. Yeah. So they get better at ranting because mm-hmm. they're just talking to a mic and yeah. they're just like hearing their own ideas to mm-hmm. themselves. But for me as well, it's like seeing this creative space. And if you give yourself a limit and you force yourself to be productive, mm-hmm. you get better at being creative. Yeah. You know, on demand. Yeah. And so for me, taking that and being like, look, I can tell myself that I need to make this by this time, mm-hmm. and whenever I have free time, asking you know, creative favors of myself mm-hmm. in a way that makes me produce. Yeah. Instead of acting like creativity is like this muse that you're constantly chasing mm. that only comes around every once in a yep. while. Mm-hmm. You can harness it and use it when you need it. Yeah. But You have to practice and it's very difficult. Yeah. So. You got
0: to get on a schedule. You just got to put stuff out.
1: Interesting. thought. Oh, yeah. Cause it's such a temptation thing. Like humor and creativity and artistry are something you can't practice. But if you look at, you know, the science and the guys who have really done it as opposed to, you know, White guys in suburban Texas who were just like yeah yeah you probably can't practice that. People are able to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little contrary to our common human belief, but I think it's true, and it's kind of a harsh truth because we all want to believe that on some level maybe we could be famous, maybe we could be comedic. Just lightning just strikes, mm-hmm. but no one wants to ever really work for that. Which I yeah. think it's really interesting. Kind well, of the
0: weird thing in the future is going to be the I think the the fragmenting of of like mainstream the, f- the fragmenting of what is pop. I mean, it's already happening. Hardcore like pop culture is becoming such a weird fragmented thing. There isn't just a, like there isn't four TV channels that everyone's watching. There isn't right. four news stations or, or even like one or two radio stations like there are kids. Now, if, if you're a kid in high school in 2018 and you want to be really into the Smiths, or you just, you just find it on Spotify and you're really into this. Or if you want to be into K-pop, or if you want to be into whatever you want to be into, it's so targeted. Yeah, there's a whole community about it. There's going to be YouTube channels about it, podcasts about. But you can find your your a, whole world a subreddit
2: for it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, just going to make
0: the subreddit joke. Yeah, yeah. I've heard some people say that in the future they think that there will literally be just an infinite number of brands that are created just to just to uniquely target individuals. So there won't just be a sock company there'll be 500 different brands under maybe oh a parent company, but it'll be like sock company targeting uh, like Koreans who live in Chicago, who are between the ages of 20 and th- you know what I mean? Like, right. it, and the logo and everything will all be, and then you have targeted advertising on social media and all these other things. Sure. And so it's like, you just literally create a small group of people who are really passionate about this product.
2: And part of me too thinks that on one hand, like with marketing and stuff, um, just working with marketing a little bit. It's like, there's definitely that part of targeting that's very effective, but I think there's definitely we're getting to the tipping point of saturation mm. where it's effective and then at some point there's gonna be some amount where all of a sudden no one believes anything anymore yeah, and yeah. it's not effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, true. like for example, in like the nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety-three, telemarketing was pretty profitable. Yeah. Now I'm getting robocalls every thirty-five mm-hmm. minutes <laughs> and I answer it and I hang up immediately because I don't recognize the
0: number. Well, I think you what know? happens every time with that kind of stuff is everyone just moves to the next. I mean, when telemarketing becomes less effective, people are moving to innovating to new areas, right? Like I wish they would. Cause my yeah. phone is ringing. Off. <laughs> I heard someone say that there, there is so much ad money for podcasts. There, like, I forget how someone said this. They said, basically if you did the math with the number of podcasts that are out there right now, which are, I mean, tons and tons, yeah. thousands. But if you look at the amount of ad revenue that companies are willing to spend on podcasts, there aren't enough podcasts for the amount oh, of oh money. God. Isn't that crazy? There's a Chico. Yeah. Does the, the show supply. have ads. Uh, no, not really. I mean, yeah, not really. I mean, I, I can go a front runner. Yeah, I, I know. Right. <laughs> I, I will take ads. I have a place where people can say that they want to pay for an ad spot or something if it, if it matches. But, um, I haven't really, I mean, I do some like affiliate stuff, but not a whole lot. But like, if you just think that with podcasts, we're in a situation where it's flipped, like, right. um, Like on YouTube, there's thousands of YouTube channels trying to get ad revenue. Um, And the opposite is true on podcasts. There's not enough shows for all the money that these companies want to pour into podcasts. And there's not even a ton of companies. Like if you think of all the huge corporations and companies, I mean, McDonald's isn't getting ads on podcasts, but I'm sure it will come, right? Like in the same way, TV and radio and all that stuff it just gets saturated by those companies.
2: I'm very proud of the fact that I don't have Blue Apron. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) They've been pitching to me for a long time. Oh my gosh, Squarespace, blue apron. It's (laughs) just ridiculous. I do have Squarespace, so I pulled it there. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I
1: I got a question, Edmund. Okay. I was at lunch the other day and I was talking to this girl, and I must have really been making her laugh. She's like, Kyle, you should make a podcast. I was like, Well, I don't know about that. And she's like, Why not? I said, Well, I have a certain amount of jokes that just come to me, a certain amount of theories, and I just express them in my day to day life. Mm -hmm. I'm worried that if I had a podcast, Anyone who listens to my podcast will think I was just boring in real life. Edmund, as a man who has a podcast. Wait, you
0: think people would think you're boring in real life?
1: Well, because think about it. If you heard my podcast twice a week Mm. or whatever, you saw me in real life. I don't have anything creative to say. Oh, you mean it's kind
0: of like comedians where, you know, people say, what do you do? And you say you're a comedian. And someone's like, oh, make me laugh. No, no, no. You're not that funny. Not like
1: that at all. If Edmund, if you listen to my podcast every two weeks, I would see you. I only see Edmund. Mm -hmm. maybe once every six months you know so because I'm a college student you would already know what's up with my life you Mm -hmm. have no questions would like as someone who has a podcast do you feel like that weird disconnect in like your personal life like I only have so many jokes. And I like to save them for real life, not <laughs> just for like the weird
0: internet. Not really. I mean, like, I mean, well, first of all, like, no one listens to this podcast. But secondly, like, no, I mean, it's hey, two people. Caitlin Bishop about me. listens to this podcast. Yeah, two two people. There's one person. Yeah, my mom and Caitlin Bishop.
1: I'm pretty mad about this, Caitlin Bishop. I had lunch with this girl and she didn't even realize I was on the podcast was like, damn, yeah. what's the
0: point of even coming on here if I don't have? No, friends? I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a thing. I mean I think I think people I mean when you hang out with people you act and talk a completely different. differently than when you're on a podcast. Yeah. I mean it is very similar in that but but it's not I mean the same. there's definitely episodes
2: of Joe Rogan where it's like, okay, I've heard this in like mm-hmm. three other podcasts. Yeah. So there's definitely that thing where like even someone who says like propelled as he is in that mm-hmm. sphere yeah. he still circles back around to a, a lot of the same topics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i've heard him talk about chimpanzees like yes. different times <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so
0: like yeah
2: you're yeah. definitely going to go yeah. back to those comfortable yeah. topics For yeah, like yeah. i'm still interested in this yeah, so let's yeah. keep talking about but it's it it's the same
0: i think it's the same in real life too like i i'm a huge i'm also i mean i, I would say unashamedly but it's not true i am ashamedly a very huge gary vaynerchuk fan mm-hmm Uh, just because I feel like a lot of the stuff he says makes a lot of sense. And one thing he says is that social media isn't changing us. um, It's just exposing us like, and social media is just a different way. Like it's the same type of human interaction. It's a mirror. Yeah. And it's the same type of human interaction just on the internet. So like when, I don't even know what the point, what were you, what were we talking about? Why, why, what did you talk about? Um, jokes. Rogan, oh, you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the same so topics. like, it's the same thing on social media. Like it's the same type of interactions where you're talking about things, but it's just on the internet. Like yeah. it's, you know, you get tired of your friend's posts, you get tired of your friend's jokes For in sure. person. And the same
2: thing too, with like targeting and like people, I think there's been a lot of people talking about like kind of like the state of affairs recently, as far as like What's the culture like? Are we more angry than we ever have been with politics, all this stuff? And I think a lot of it does come down to ad targeting because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people who are selling us stuff, they could make us happy, Mm -hmm. but they can make us angry faster. Yeah. And they get the same type of response that motivates you to do something. Mm -hmm. They just do it by pissing you off.
0: Yeah. I've talked before, I think somewhere about, I really think, you know, I'm thinking about my kids and as they're growing up, they're going to have to learn this like virtue of cultivating the type of information that's coming to them. Because if you're not proactive about the type of information that's coming to you, it's very easy for you to just end up um, in a little like sphere of like in a little ghetto almost. Yeah, Like I think they did, I think they did some study where um, if you clicked on a specific YouTube video and you kept clicking related content, it was like only a matter of time before you found the most radical, like if you clicked (laughs) if you clicked like some type of video that's like conservative conservatism, it was only a matter of time before you on videos that were about like genocide and like Alex Jones. Yeah, like Alex Jones. Yeah, because Uh, and it's just the algorithm is trying to find more of the same. Right. But it ends up not just being more equally the same. It becomes the radicalized version of it. Yeah.
2: What did you think about the whole Infowars being censored and taken off YouTube? Like what do you think like the the deplatforming of those opinions? Because on one hand, I feel like it's weird because You have free speech as a right, but then what happens when you go to platforms and platforms have the ability to take you off because on one hand, it's like, he may have been crazy, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have the right to say crazy things. Yeah.
0: I think it's, I think it's really complicated. I, I've talked about this a lot with some of my friends and I think, um, I think it starts getting real. I think there's a lot of things to be concerned and scared about, uh, when someone starts just removing things without any, I think the Alex Jones thing is not as scary as other channels that are not as popular getting flagged or like right. the whole Sam Harris. And he brought on some other guest and it was just flagged as hate speech. And it was just them talking about ideas. Right. Alex Jones is pretty radical and crazy. So oh, maybe, sure. maybe someone could make the argument that he's like, it's like the equivalent of shouting fire and a burn. Like if he's saying like, yeah, if he's, if he's the type of person, like I, Joe was talking about someone went into a, a pizza restaurant with a gun as a result of Alex Jones talking about this whole child pizza sex. Right pizza gate. Right. Yeah. It's
1: the sort of thing where Alex Jones, you look at Alex and think, This guy was pretty crazy. Maybe yeah. he shouldn't be allowed to talk. But I just worry like, how do you draw that
0: mm-hmm. line? Exactly. Right?
1: You can't just draw a line right at Alex Jones because unfortunately, people's hour long podcasts don't have a rating of craziness mm-hmm. on them. It's mm-hmm. all right? sort of subjective. Yeah. And I worry about, okay, well, this guy is definitely crazy, but mm-hmm. what about this guy? Maybe not this guy, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe this YouTube reporter is having a bad day and is nixing people. And I kind of hate that idea of censorship of ideas. Don't get me wrong. A lot of ideas are awful and probably should be Mm -hmm. censored. But it's just such fundamentally a slippery slope of we can't quantify Mm -hmm. these two-hour-long Joe Rogan podcasts into craziness scores. So I'm not saying I know the answers because I don't. I'm not even a college graduate. But fundamentally, it's really tough for these media companies to call these shots.
0: Yeah, well, I think the thing with Alex Jones was he was basically saying that some of the um, the killings were like faked, or oh, yeah, Sandy like, yeah. did yeah. Sandy cook yeah. were fake, stuff like that. And so it's like, at what point? At what point does someone with a certain level of influence have a responsibility to the truth, or have mm-hmm. a responsibility? Like if, like you said, you know, if you're in rehab and suddenly someone with a massive audience is saying that you shouldn't mm-hmm. be in rehab, at what point does that? incur some type of damage and i think it's one of those things too where like the the whole sandy hook thing
2: i think it's a legitimate theory so i think it's one thing to have a theory yeah it's another thing to have a following yeah and to be saying that theory like it's the gospel truth yeah like saying it is true and to be convincing people of it yeah yeah so i think on one hand like i wasn't there you never know like any yeah. X, Y, and Z could have happened. Anything could have happened. Yeah. But to be proclaiming something like you know exactly what happened mm-hmm. to an audience that believes you, yeah. that's where you have more responsibility than others. Yeah.
0: And it's, but I do agree that it is not a good sign when a company as massive as YouTube is able to just remove you and censor you without much um, due process or it's the explanation. Principle of it, that's troubling. yeah, that's what gets right. scary. Is and and I know there are tons of stories of different channels and stuff getting either demonetized or, or kicked off completely or flagged for just really weird things. And what's scary about it. And Joe Oregon talks about it all the time. What's scary about it is it seems to all skew towards conservative. Like it, like it's the more conservative voices that are getting all the silencing and the weird stuff like at Google, where did you ever hear about the whole Google report thing or would that, this guy just wrote up
1: men and women, the differences. Yeah. Like a
0: summary that. of gender differences. And then he got fired and all that other stuff. So it's, right. it's really, and uh, some of my friends say, well, if, if YouTube, this is just capitalism. And if you, YouTube has a full right to make whatever decision they want about their product, and if they're making bad decisions, then a competing, um, a competitor is going to come in. Right. But, but my, and a competitor is going to come in, which will be an alternative for the conservatives or for whoever. And that's just how capitalism works. What's weird though. And I wonder is at what point does YouTube or some of these platforms like Facebook become the line between whether or not they're a product or a utility really blur because oh, YouTube, there is no competitor. There's, and, um, they were talking about this today on a podcast about how Facebook is such a massive company. At what point is it a, mono, a monopoly where they're, I mean, they bought WhatsApp for like, like $15 billion. That's the thing that
2: scares me is the amount of things that Facebook owns that we don't know they yeah. own. Yeah. 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 Because Facebook as an app and as a website, I it's feel like ram- it's on the downtrend. Yeah but the number of things that facebook owns oh, yeah. they that bought- are still marketed as other companies yeah. is the thing that freaks me out the most because yeah. now it's like they don't even have um the responsibility of honesty to their consumers yeah. and so like i'm just curious but like all these companies where if you just labeled them as the companies that mm-hmm. own them yeah. how many of them would just all be the same thing yeah
0: and that that's where like the the question of whether or not it's a monopoly and i mean i mean instagram as a competitor to facebook and then facebook just buys instagram it's it's there's no there's not a lot of competition there and with youtube being so massive and some of those platforms it does start seeming like the platform is more of a utility and so at what point do they need to have not be regulated but answer to some type of like
2: what's crazy to me is like how regulated twitter is someone can mm -hmm. get their career ruined on twitter oh yeah who's regulating youtube comments I'm like yeah, looking through true. some YouTube. Comments yeah, that's I'm true. like, no one's career is getting yeah. ruined over this. <laughs> yeah. This is
0: absolutely crazy. Well, yeah, it's those anonymous users, crazy right?
1: Crazy ideas. There's a guy named Milo Annapolis. Milo Yiannopoulos, oh, gosh, two yeah. years yeah. ago was so famous during oh, the oh. election was huge. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I have to pee soon. So do, I. do you want to gigantic. take a pee break? Gigantic pee break. Pee yeah, break? let's pee take break. a pee break. Milo, I will right, we'll come right back.
0: Milo pee break.
1: But yeah, we were before we started uh, succumbing to our mortal milo. milo yannapolis pretty interesting story this guy was milo. super famous super popular everybody was talking about granted most people hate him he just yeah, went patrick, off
0: the map yeah patrick coffin had him on his podcast and, and then
1: he just started getting banned first yeah. it was
0: twitter and then it was oh, what was my. it for wasn't it for his his uh thoughts on uh uh relationships with like underage men or something well he had a well you can't really know like... he had a lot of fucking wild boys <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I was so interested because he technically professed himself to be Catholic, like, I mean, up to the point where he had his interview with with Rogan. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, I mean, at one point he did say, like, I'm a bad Catholic. So, like, I don't exactly know what his allegiance is and, you know, his standing in Catholicism, but it was an interesting thing that, like, um, someone – as popular as him who was homosexual could still be considering himself mm-hmm. a good Catholic yeah. while living that lifestyle. Yeah.
0: He's an interesting, well, he
1: issue. went through a few different phases. At one point he came out super against gay marriage. He's like, look, I'm Catholic. I'm gay. I have these temptations. I have this disposition, but I don't act on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really cool. What a cool guy. Then he got married to, a, to another man. I was like,
0: Hmm. Yeah. He's done a lot. So of So he's
1: sort religion. of done a lot of things. I'm, for, why did we start talking about Milo? We were talking about how the media has the ability to sort of "quote unquote"
0: De-platform. cancel. Oh these yeah, yeah, platform people. Yeah. And
1: Milo's guy really was "quote unquote" canceled in the mm-hmm. sense that first he was off Twitter, then he was off this social media, then he was off that. And nowadays, the guy is incredibly in debt. In debt i don't know if you've heard this no the guy's in
0: super big debt like lawsuits and stuff or
1: well because he had this extravagant lifestyle and he got canceled he lost mm. all the sort of streams of income mm. you know all these things and all these taxing and he posted this long facebook thing about it, like yeah i'm in super big debt hope you guys buy my whatever because yeah. i want to get out of it and you could argue some of it was sort of his 15 minutes of fame like how much tolerance did a us as a culture have for a platinum blonde homosexual man <laughs> i'm not really sure yeah Me i'm not sure We had a high
0: tolerance maybe
1: i thought that was great mm. i thought that was hilarious i recognize i'm not the average american mm. but at a certain point he got canceled banned from all these different places banned yeah. from all these college campuses and his quote-unquote brand suffered immensely i think it's a real yeah. interesting question because these sort of social media platforms have so much
0: power yes yeah and i think like i mean they're already trying to get ahead of they're they're already trying to prevent the government coming in and trying to regulate them they're trying to get ahead of that because they don't that's what they don't want is something like that happening i mean all this weird stuff with the uh facebook russia and the elections that type of stuff like but what's so, what's so crazy if you've seen some of the trials and stuff or like the court cases and stuff where um like, the, I don't know, the Supreme Court or whoever it was, these like congressmen are, are trying to, to understand, understand the Internet, <laughs> the internet oh is so ridiculous. This one, this one guy was like, so if I have Google and I move 10 feet to
2: my left. Yeah. Does, does it know? Does Google know that I move 10 feet? Yeah. To does the, it know? And, and like this guy's trying to explain the Internet. Yeah. To a man who just clearly <clears throat> yeah. can't understand it. And I'm like, they're making
0: legislation Our about neutrality. Exactly. <laughs> the best of us. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing was like some of someone didn't even know that Google didn't make the iPhone. Like they didn't even realize that Google and Apple were two different companies, which is just seems like
2: This type of stuff is I'm like, wow, Supreme Court justices are in for life. Oh, I'm gosh. like, there's a big gap between when you stop making sense. Yeah. And when you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just a Supreme Court justice yeah. for that whole time.
0: It's yeah, crazy because sh-
1: like, our <laughs> phones say designed by Apple. Like
0: yeah. right there on the yeah, back. Yeah. It's like pretty legible for those who haven't. Well, the idea. world's very confusing in 2018 if you're 85. You oh, know? my gosh. I need reading. Bonuses. I'm also
2: like, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm legitimately terrified that like that's going to be me in
0: Oh, it, years. It will for like, sure. I'm just
2: like constantly just like, because like at this point, like I literally am like, man like my parents don't get it sometimes my grandparents definitely don't get it and yeah. i'm like i'm like just kind of like that reality that like i'm gonna be that way eventually and well I'm i not think it. well i think
0: about this all the time like we were talking about the fract the fractaling of what is mainstream it's gonna be so hard i have a hard time keeping up with everything and just it's we i do think in some ways the internet Brings us together, but in other ways it allows you to just like crank down on that one unique thing thing that you want to have a community about and just not see anything else. So it's really I mean, granted, when something goes viral, quote unquote, it becomes like mainstream to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. But there are so many things going viral, it's hard to keep up on them.
1: Oh yeah, that fear of being without it. Like I remember, do you guys remember the first time you felt old? I remember the first time I felt like I was not with it. It was about six months ago. I just gone to a young lean concert, and I assumed Mm. that this would buy me. At least a few weeks of hipness. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, Yeah, dude, I love Young Lean. But you know what I like more is Lil Xan. And I was like, That has to be a joke. Mm-hmm. No way there's a real rapper called Lil Xan. No way someone is unironically calling themselves Lil Xan. And then I looked it up and it was a 17 year old kid named Diego who called themselves Lil Xan. Yeah. I was like,
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. I'm it's not wild, as with man. it
1: anymore as I used well, to Well, and be.
2: it's tough too because you enter different stages of life and you really like. At some point, you're kind of ushered into the next thing, where like I'm not really allowed to be interested in that type of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really becoming more or less. Yeah. You know, and you just kind of stick with whatever your age group, yeah. person does. You know? Yeah, kind
0: of like being thirty and riding around on a moped exclusively.
2: Who would ever do that? I, don't I know. hope I do that when I'm thirty. I'm going to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Kyle, what can the what can the listeners take away from this episode? What do you want to tell people can to the do? Listeners
1: take away from this. What episode? should they do? What should they do? Well, what,
0: what should people take from this? What do you take from all this stuff with Kanye and all this stuff? Like, what do, like on a deeper well, level, why does this fascinate On a or, deeper
1: level fascinates me because it's our culture. Because I see Kanye as one of the last few guys who is genuinely himself mm. in the culture, in the rap. Game, yeah. quote unquote. I can't believe it. I just said a rap game unironically as a yeah. white dude. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean when I say that is that when I look at a guy like Drake, I see a guy who wants to do what appeals to the people to a fault. When I look at Connie, I see a guy who wants to be himself also to a fault at times. If you take one thing away, it's that look, if you listen to Connie's music, you're going to get an experience of a man. Not a man who's trying to fit to the culture, but a man who's trying to sort of fit the culture to himself. Which I think is a really unique experience in 2018. Mm. So I recommend giving the guy a listen. And next time you meet someone who's a phony Drake fan.
0: Mm. So you're telling people who are listening, be more like Kanye and less like Drake. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Be
1: yourself. Follow your own speed. Don't try to be like anyone else. Mm. Try to be the man you were created to be. Look at the lives of the saints.
0: Yeah. Stick it to the man.
1: Unironically. So look Mm. at the lives of the saints. The saints are all gloriously different Mm. in their holiness and in their charisms. Now look at the life at every bum sinner, you know, and I bet they're all really similar.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. This idea of holiness in Christianity is this idea that not that you become some like bleached version of, or some like safe sanitary version of yourself. In fact, it's this idea that you actually become more yourself who you're supposed to be like Absolutely. more you by, by um, yeah. Like perfecting your potential, like to be, whether it's like goodness or truthiness or your potential for love or your potential for, um, for any of those things.
2: And I think one of the reasons that this whole thing went viral is that very few people are this brutally honest on social media, let alone someone as famous as Kanye West. Mm. And so I think that's one of the biggest reasons that it's garnered so much attention mm. is that it's this type of unfiltered stream of consciousness <laughs> yes. that yeah. people are just like, wow, this is crazy. He yeah. thinks all of this and he's typing it right yeah. now and he's we're getting right it. right
0: now, yeah.
2: It's not, it's not curated. It's yeah. not filtered. It's just this is yeah. happening and it's happening live. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, yeah. People are looking for realness in this world, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and kind of realness, be it unfiltered, be it weird, be it mentally on those mm-hmm is realness yeah i think that's the thing that people want i think it's the reason why he's as popular as he is maybe not number one like drake but i think there's a reason why he has the following and that's the following of devoted fans like myself because i think he's a unique artist in that regard
2: and i think one more thing too that's like weird about social media is i think social media is becoming its own like corporation Mm. to the point where even people who have social media once you get a certain level of notoriety, you start letting other people take care of it. Yeah. And so now it's like, you think you're interacting with someone on a personal level through social media, but actually you're at like, you're interacting with their people Mm -hmm. who are running their social media. Yeah, And this has been something interesting with like, um, some of the work that I do for like comedians and stuff. um, with some other artists, we do like it's like comedy content collective on Instagram, but we do this thing where we try and like get people's attention, but we don't know if we're actually interacting with them or if we're interacting with their assistants. Yeah. yeah. You know? And this kind of like realization that like, oh, once you gain a certain level of like legitimacy You now just have other people run that for you. It's just an extension of your business. Yeah. And so, again, like, it's like that authenticity that Mm -hmm. people crave. Yeah. It's available on social media if you let it. Yeah. But for the most part, it's that same thing where people just kind of are like, well, it's the same kind of, like, curated stuff Mm -hmm. that I'm always
0: getting. It depends, though, because I know that, like, d or, um, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, not d Rock. The Rock. The Rock, Dwayne, the apparently, John yeah, apparently he does all of his own social media and um, Will Smith and some of those because yeah. I've heard stories of other people saying that they got like DM'd by The Rock and immediately were like, is this some agent? Like who, like, is this his right. agent? Like who? And he's like, no, it's me. You know, like, right. like so that's this. really cool to know that some people are doing stuff like that. I run my own social media as well. I know about that. Uh, <laughs> so so I've
1: got the most Instagram followers yes. here. So if uh, you want to
0: uh, DM Kyle, you just, uh, you know.
1: I might not respond, but if I do, it's definitely me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right guys, we'll take that to prayer everyone over uh, the next couple of weeks, you know. Take that to prayer. Be we more like Kanye, Francis less <laughs> like more like more like Kanye, less like Drake. All
1: right, over out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any other announcements anything else you want to say before we end?
1: I got um, nothing to say. Where can
0: people find your podcast, Kyle?
1: Where can people find my podcast? Well, I'm actually going to tweet a link to this one, okay. I've decided, <laughs> um, or at least an Instagram story. I'm I, not will, sure
2: I will podcast. retweet Kyle's tweet. Okay. So uh, that's I
0: have, Michael Sherman on Twitter. App, have you heard of the app Anchor?
1: I have heard of the app, but only on Edmund's Instagram stories. Yeah, I feel
0: like you could, um, Anchor, you could just start a podcast just literally with an app and then on your phone. Well,
1: see, I'm worried to tweet about this. I'm going to be honest. I have not had a tweet with less than 10 likes since... Not last summer, three months ago, but last summer, fifteen. You months You talked ago. about this
2: last humble time
0: brag on the podcast,
2: and
1: it hasn't <laughs> stopped, Edmund. I'm scared to break that streak. Mm, yeah, you just have ten.
2: You friends. just gotta be real, Kyle.
1: Hey, you
0: just have ten friends. What did you like, like to have
1: ten friends who rode and die for you like mine do,
0: Kyle? Though you're you are acting pretty Drakeish here, though. That's true. By uh, doing it just for the if, life. If anybody right? wants to see some of my it's work, Kyle, you gotta, do, so you gotta do you gotta do like Kanye and not like Drake. Very strong, Michael yes. Sherman
2: design. I don't care how many likes I get. Ooh, but. Yeah, find him on Instagram, Michael yeah, Design. It's
1: very
0: real.
2: It's uh, it's tough. Um, sometimes I don't get the likes I want, but I keep it up there anyway. Because so. mm, <laughs> he's
0: like Kanye me. and not like Drake. Unironically, I very
1: much do respect that. Kids expect a tweet. I'll think of a funny <laughs> caption though, because I'm gonna kind of hit the middle of the road. All right. Okay. Because you don't want to make this change all at once. Because like mm. I can't go for my Drakeish Twitter. Oh, words. let's
0: give um, Kyle's music prescription of the week um if you if everyone could go listen to one song right now what would you make them go listen to one listen song, to
1: one song. like a, if you could just give oh.
0: our audience a prescription like they have to go listen oh, to this one has song to be
1: that one
2: that kanye song
1: what do you mean that Kanye that means nothing um
2: mean off the last album fourth dimension
1: fourth dimension by kanye west and kid Cuddy off the album kids see ghosts it's a christmas song it's got kanye it's got Cuddy.
0: Is it explicit? I'll add it to my Advent it's playlist. definitely it's explicit. <laughs> okay. It's oh. also a
1: certified banger.
0: Oh, now have if to- you're looking for a clean version, of
1: approval. Oh. wonderful Christmas time, the shins cover is also Incredible. <laughs> okay, I'll <laughs> add that to the Advent playlist. The Advent playlist is like fifty followers. I checked it out and I was like, dang.
0: Oh, like seventy, man.
1: Well, I checked that a while ago. I kind of got on the way, for it and I was like, also, <laughs> that's like the same songs like five
0: different times. Oh, on there. but different, but done by different artists. I'm aware. I, I like, appreciate a- it. I could listen to O
2: Come, O Come, Emmanuel all Advent. Yeah. So I don't care who's singing it. Okay,
0: no, what? I put it and I put in some some like confusing songs too. A little bit. No, I, mean, yes, I put in some. Did. put in some strange confused. ones. <laughs> no, don't I'm, shoot me, Santa, by the Killers. I was
1: explaining someone. And I was like, yeah, my youth minister has this weird clout. Like, what do you mean? I was like, it's like a place, like fifty followers on Spotify. Like, that's weird. I was like, like I said,
0: wait, 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 weird. wait. Youth ministers are weird. My
1: old youth minister has weird clout.
0: Oh, weird clout. How is that weird? What do you mean? because, because it's not people, a lot most people, they, people don't no, no, have
2: 50 followers no, on a
1: playlist that's just like a Spotify. weird thing like most people when they hear clout they think like you know oh like Twitter followers yeah. or Instagram followers or this and <laughs> yeah. that and Edmunds, all of his clout seems to be Spotify right. which is a weird it's
0: <laughs> wait fun. why is that all my clout what do you mean all my clout is Spotify I mean
1: like you and I have a relatively similar amount of Instagram followers and likes on stuff okay. but you have way more Spotify clout <laughs> and that's cool that's a cool thing to have <laughs> that so is weird. not an insult okay. that's
2: cool alright alright are there cool. any weird alcohol christmas songs i feel like that would really throw people afloat Ooh, yeah They're, i, I think the nice that, santa went crazy it. that's a yeah good one. i
0: threw in some songs <laughs> that are not directly christmas or advent themed but but like could augment it your fits. ad christmas yeah in harlem
1: by kanye like, west Banger. oh
0: kyle like sometime we should talk about the song yah hey by vampire weekend incredible song it's I all about yeah because it's all about yahweh it's all about like god mm-hmm. it's a very interesting weird Dude, vampire weekend Kyle's such a pony. He only listens to rap. Yeah, that's right. I like indie crap too. <laughs> yeah, but Vampire Weekend, they haven't put out anything since like 2015. Well, I think.
1: If you want to get real technical, Ezra, the main guy, has been tweeting about how the album's done literally for the past three months. Mm. Do I
0: believe him? No. No. I really don't. No. but Anyways, go so check out these. the uh, the uh, Advent playlist. Just search Advent 2018. Also,
2: Sting has a great Christmas
0: album. <laughs> oh, really? Also, Sufjan Wow, Stevens. It really does. Yeah. Sufjan we can put Toto's Stevens Africa in there too. Is an to, indie artist might as who well. just makes
1: half his music indie Christmas music. It's ridiculous. He's a thirty song Christmas album. That's absurd.
0: <laughs> there were some songs that I really wanted to put on this list that I I just it was in that gray area of like is this is, is this Christmas? Well, well, no, just club. just no. I just I feel like I would get I would get a little like hate mail because yeah. of the inappropriateness of it. Mm. Like it was like marginally appropriate. I feel like we're kind of like the bonus track section of the podcast. Yeah. Like once you get past
1: an hour, it's only the real fans listening. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's when you can say stuff like, "If you've listened this far, tweet this phrase, and we'll know that you got this far." I need to start just scrubbing
2: to an hour into the podcast. And listening. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, it's been fun. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you have a wonderful December or January whenever this comes out. All right. See you you guys guys later. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Michael. Yeah,
2: this is fun.